0: So as pastor said, yes, this is our final week. We have one week. so next Sunday at five fifty pm, we fly out of Dulles to Europe and then Europe to Entebbe for getting back to the work. And uh, I admit, there's a lot of things that I want to get back and get started and doing, and uh, so it'll be it'll be a good time. It's always always, you know, a little difficult parting with family and friends and not seeing them, but uh, we know there's work to do, and we know we should be there, so off we go. So uh, so again, uh, thank you so much for your your, your prayers and support. It's been uh, 12 years, 12 years since we've been there, and uh, it's gone fast, just like this furlough has <laughs> gone very fast. Our first meeting was August 27th in Williamsport, PA, one of our churches there, that's the Little League series, they have that every year, and uh, we've had every Sunday filled except one. We had a wedding on a Sunday, but uh, otherwise, but yeah, it's gone very quick, and here we are, the very last week. So, um, uh, grandchild news, yes, I always want to include the grandchild, yes, that's how Eric redeemed himself from getting into computer science. I don't know what happened there, uh, but um, uh, she's doing well. Our, her name is Eliana. She's about four months. They're up in Yonkers, New York, and uh, she came down with uh, the latest strain of COVID, unfortunately, as did her mother, and uh, Eric so far is, is not sick, but Lord willing, hopefully we'll be able to see them this week. They'll, they should be able to drive down if they're feeling okay. And uh, it'd be a great blessing to see them. So, uh, so if you have your Bibles, off we go. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two, verse two. Sure, you know this verse, very well known. 2 Timothy 2 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should who shall be able to teach others also. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, the things that thou hast heard of me. Of course, he was with Paul for a while, heard his teachings saw his daily life, his testimony of how Paul was committed and faithful to the gospel. He's telling Timothy that the same thing you've heard, you teach the faithful men, and those faithful men will teach others who are faithful. And that's how the gospel, the work of the gospel, goes on, no matter where it is, whether it's here in Europe, in Asia, even Africa. And, uh, and that's what we've been doing. And uh, you know, in Africa, our job is to share the gospel with people. And uh, I've said this a, a million times, I'm, I'm glad it's not me who's responsible for saving people because I'm not sure I would do it well. But if we get this message out of the gospel, the Holy Spirit does the rest and, and we see souls saved. And that's, uh, and that's why we're in Uganda. Um, if you remember our video, I was showing that to a, a high school classmate last night at his home, and uh, um, I've witnessed to him for many years. He goes to another type of church, which is probably works-based, but I try to help him to understand that the you know, salvation is by faith. It's not by works or baptism or church membership. It's by faith, and um, so I was showing him uh, our video, I sort of lost where I was going to go with that, but I guess, you know, in you gut, go- oh yeah, that's right, you know, we're in the medical field, and that's why I tease Eric, you know, I'm in the medical field, Rachel, Elena, Sean, but Eric, just don't know what happened to him, and, uh, but, you know, medicine is a great tool to open doors, to, you know, to bring people in to hear the gospel, and it's a blessing to help people when they're sick. But, but we didn't go to Uganda just to help people's physical needs. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to share the gospel with someone who has a fever of 104 with malaria. You know, you want to treat them and, and get them better. And malaria is very treatable, if you didn't know. It's three days of medicine. You take tablets twice a day in the morning and the evening for three days, and almost all malaria uh, is, is gone and is very treatable. So that's a blessing. And uh, but what that does is it 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 shows the love of Christ, you know, people ministering to them, and uh, and it's you know just part of the witness and testimony of you know the love of Christ that we can show, but uh, but it's not our main goal, you know, because as great as medicine is and it can help people, it doesn't save people, you know, we don't want to we don't want to heal their bodies. And then lose lose their souls if they were to die because we're not getting the gospel out, and uh, so that's what Paul is telling Timothy: you you commit this message, this work of the gospel to people; and they teach it to others, and on it's gone. It's gone on for you know over two thousand years, and here we are still sharing the gospel with people. And uh, so last time. Uh, I don't remember, I didn't get through everything, but what, you know, what we've been doing in Uganda for this year, uh, there was some of it was on our video, uh, the, the main goals, we had three goals I wanted to accomplish. We did some more, but the big ones were the ordination of uh, the national pastor, Okurut John Paul. Okurut, he is Ateso, he's from the Ateso tribe and he speaks Ateso, and that is the dominant tribe in Soroti. There's two tribes. One is Ateso and one is Kumam. And uh, we learned, uh, Elaine and I learned somewhat, I mean, a, a bit of a grasp of this smaller tribe of Kumam. But uh, Paul is Ateso, and we saw him ordained last year because, like I said, if the missionaries had to leave Uganda for some reason, we want someone to take over and keep the church going. The, the church cannot fall apart because the missionaries had to leave the country. and We don't want the church or the people completely dependent on us, though they are somewhat for teaching and preaching, but if we had to go, now we have Okaroot John Paul, very dedicated man, he's about 40, maybe 42 years old, so something like early 40s, he has four children. Uh, They attend uh, the school that we have there at SOAP. SOAP is Soroti Orphan Assistance Project. The ministry started many years ago, before I got there, by Dr. Kyle Guyman and his wife, and it still goes on today. Training or essentially educating orphans—you know, of course, also in the Word of God. So when they get out and they leave us, they take not just a skill or education with them; they take the gospel with them to reach people, and, uh, and that's key. The national language is English. So I thank the Lord for that. It's nice to use kumam once in a while, but, uh, but English is the, the, the language I can preach in most places until we get way out in the village, then English disappears, then I have to, I have, to have a translator with me. And uh, so if you want to hear a little kumam, I'm going to speak some, I'm going to, I'm going to speak a verse, and you have to guess, did I already do this, Lena? Okay, all right, and you have to guess which verse it is. I'm gonna read it right here because I've written it down. No, I'm kidding. Pien rubanabin o maropin. O mio echo chwano ie wo de achel kene kene. That the ken kame ye en kor toi do eud ko kame be naka naka. And that of course is Oh, how'd you guess? Oh come on now. Yes, that's John three sixteen. Okay. All right, everybody's smarter than me. That's good. But that's Kumam. I mean, it sounds, you know, very foreign, obviously, but I think I got most of it right. And, uh, but we thank the Lord that English is, is the national language. And uh, so Okaruk John Paul, we had him ordained. So he is in a preaching rotation with me and Matthew. And um, uh, for Sunday mornings, Sunday evening, we just rotate every, every, every Sunday On Wednesdays, we usually have a church plant pastor come in and preach, and uh, I think that's a blessing to them. They get to preach outside the church. There's probably six to seven church plants that have been done by missionaries who've been there before us, and uh, so that's what happens on Wednesday evenings. And um, so that's Okaru John Paul. I tell you, he's dedicated his wife is extremely faithful. She's one of the teachers at the, at the school at SOAP. Her name is Rachel, and uh, they have four children. They're all very well-behaved, and they work hard and do well. So that was a blessing that we could see him uh, ordained. The second thing was the building of that church, the, the, the new church that we took from the SOAP property, and uh, we planted it. Not the building itself, but we built the new building on a new property. Again, just to get it away from the soap building. So if we had to, the soap property, if we had to leave, the church remains. The church has to remain. As, as, as much as a blessing is to teach those orphans and minister to, to them and do all these things, still, the main thing, the main reason we're there is to do work. And we do work through the local church. The local church is what church planting is about. And that's how we minister to each other. That's how we minister to the community. And it's all done through the local church. So That was important. That was a big step that we got that church moved over there. And that was a blessing. Uh, The third thing, what was the other thing we did? Um, Oh, yes, we started a vocational program. Not all children, not just Africa, but anywhere, not everyone is cut out for academics. And uh, we, we'll usually identify, the teachers will identify those children early, and they'll say, no, nah, th- we can't send this one on to uh, secondary school, which is junior high and high school. And so I know Dr. Uh, Guyman, who started the ministry, he did have a vision of starting a vocational program, and uh, that didn't quite get off the ground before he left. Uh, he's home with the Lord now. But I thought, okay, let's let's continue that. The, the plan that he had, let's continue and start that up. And uh, we did. Two years ago, we started an auto mechanics program. This past year, we started a uh, or expanded with carpentry and tailoring program. Because giving these children skills, I mean, marketable skills that they can use to go out, and as I said in my video, make them not job seekers, but job makers. They can make their work, make their own job so they they can uh, support themselves, support their family. And uh, so we did that, but I got a great story to tell you. You know, SOAP has its own account with BIMI. A Certain amount of funds come in every month to support the children's schooling. We pay the teachers their food, their clothing, medical care, everything. And that's a certain amount of funds that come in. When I added the the vocational, you know, we needed a used car. They wanted an engine by itself, just on a stand for teaching. Tools, a lot of tools. Uh, Just everything that goes in to vocational classes. And I was was thinking, oh man, that's going to take a big chunk out of the SOAP budget. And Uh, A few weeks before we started, I got an email from someone here in the States saying, hey, brother, someone told me about your your project there, that you work with orphans. You know, tell me a little bit more about it, because we we support some orphan programs. And so I gave him some details. I sent it back, and he said, we would like to fund your vocational program there at SOAP. You just send me a budget, and we'll take it from there. And I'm telling you, even today, this week, I submitted the budget for next year with three different budgets, one for the mechanics, the carpentry, and the tailoring, because they all have different stuff. I submitted it in the morning, and it was approved in the afternoon. And I'm telling you, you know, how did this person you know find us and and, and find me he was able to contact me and we just praise the Lord for that we praise the Lord so the point is we don't have to take one cent from the soap budget to to supply or to run or fund the vocational program it's still soap we're still dealing with the same children it's just nice that we can keep them separate and they're they're funded now separately and I'll tell you that was a uh, a big load <laughs> off of my shoulders when that happened. Oh, I was so, I was so, uh, uh, we'll just say, so blessed. And, uh, and it's been that way for, this is the third year now that they've supported us. Uh, they're a ministry out of South Carolina. And uh, so, uh, that was a great blessing that we can keep that going. Uh, this will be the third year, so this will be the last year of the auto mechanics, because they're usually three-year programs in Uganda. Uh, he went from motorcycle now they're up to a uh, gasoline engine then they'll go to a diesel engine this year. and again, just to prepare them to support themselves because let me tell you I know unemployment is all over the world, but in Uganda the unemployment rate is extremely high. People with university d- degrees in whatever usually cannot find work in that in that degree or 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 program that they studied for all those years and spent all that money trying to get. And now they, you know, I, I joke with Elena, oh, yeah, we got a, a master's degree guy in, in, in business. And what is he doing? Oh, you know, he's, he's selling phones on the street because he can't find a job in his, in his field. And uh, so, so it's a blessing that we can train these children, and we have boys and girls in it and uh, so they can make a living and support themselves so that was a great blessing what's left to do oh we have some goals yet to do in the video there was a, a town about 20 minutes south of us called awoja a w o j a awoja that's where i was baptizing in the video and that's where saroti gets gets its water that's called the awoja swamp i know we think of swamp as some you know, some dirty type water. and no, it's just a body of water, and they pump it out, and they treat it with something and send it on to Saroti, and that's what they get to drink. And uh, we don't, missionaries tend not to, dr- no, we don't drink that. We drink bottled water, but we'll bathe and cook and everything else with the water. So there's a group of believers that was formed up uh, last year. They don't have anyone really leading them. It's just a, a lay leader, and I would like to get this to be our next church plant Uh, for this coming year in 24. And I'll tell you, one of our orphans that you saw in the video, his name is Abiru Joseph. He just graduated from Bible College uh, this year, this past November. He's been there four years, and he's one of our children that came up through the SOAP program. And uh, so he has the education. Now he needs the experience, and uh, so we're going to put him in a one-year internship program. And I'm hoping and praying that he'd be the one to get down there. And he'll, he'll go to Awoja many times. That's our plan, to, to preach and teach down there and work with the people. And uh, but I hope the Lord would work on his heart to really want to, actually want to go down there and take over and, uh, and lead those people. Because, again, church planting uh, it's a small group of people, but I want him to get down there and be so winning and discipling, growing that group of people, eventually, you know, building a structure, a small church, because down in almost every area, every village, you'll always find a Catholic church and an Anglican church. Anglican is the Church of England. People in Uganda, they call themselves Protestants in that church. It's also called the Church of Uganda, but it's Anglican, but... But independent Baptist churches, extremely, extremely rare. And uh, when I say that, I mean gospel-preaching churches. And uh, so if you know, Ibiru Joseph could go down there and feel led and called to, to get those people and get them grown and, and teaching and productive, and uh, that would be a great blessing. So that will be on our prayer request in our next letter. You'll see that. Another one, um, radio. Not everyone has televisions. Most people don't. But almost everyone in Uganda has a radio. And you could be way out in the middle of a village. There's nothing, no electricity. But it'll have a little battery-powered radio. And people do listen to gospel or religious stations there. And we have a couple in Soroti radio stations. And I would love to get with them. It'll probably be expensive, I'm sure. But I want to get on there and do regular preaching, whether it's live or recorded, so we can get the gospel out. I mean, get it way, way out, outside Soroti. And just another means to, to what, to share the gospel. And if we see people saved, we'll get out there, and that could be future church plants in the future. And uh, so radio is, it's been probably a little underutilized. We did have a radio station for a long time in Soroti that was run by a BIMI missionary, but uh, he moved on to Kampala, and uh, the radio station went somewhere else. So, so we've been without that for a while. So, I want to restart and get that going, so we can get the you know the gospel out to distant, distant um, uh, villages. Soroti is fairly compact. It's a, it's a small area physically, but it's becoming very crowded, extremely crowded. A lot of people, a lot of motorcycles. And there are a lot of churches. And again, in Uganda, most churches are preaching a works-based salvation. They say, oh yes, you need to believe in Jesus, but you need to do and they'll have a laundry list of things that you have to do in order to be saved. Uh, one of them is baptism. You know, you can be a born, they say, oh yeah, I'm born again, but if I'm not baptized, I go to hell. And uh, they just don't Understand, and that's been driven into them since they were young, and uh, that's why they believe that. So that's always our constant—I won't say battle, but challenge—is helping them to understand that salvation is through faith by you know by God's grace through faith alone, and not works. And uh, I tell people, what did Jesus mean when he's on the cross? He said, "It is finished," and they. Sometimes the light comes on, sometimes it doesn't. They say they, they understand, but most don't. Yeah, he finished the work to redeem us. It's been done. It's been finished. So I, I try to tell them, if it's been finished, then why are you trying to add more to it by your works? And um, again, always the challenge. And again, because they've, the salvation by works has just been drilled into them since they were young children. uh, But again, if we can get the gospel out in the radio, out into these villages with the truth, the truth of the gospel, salvation by faith, eh, Lord willing, we'll see fruit. So that was the big one. An update on Miss Aguti Catherine. I almost always have, I've had her in my prayer letters for probably over a year. She's one of our teachers. She's about 31 years old. She's married with one child. She has cancer. She was diagnosed a couple years ago with neuroendocrine tumor. Fortunately, a very slow-growing cancer, usually in the abdomen. It can get. It, it's called endocrine because sometimes it does get into the pancreas, and it can, it can mess up your hormones, uh, you know, diabetes issues, or cortisol for the adrenals and. But fortunately, she hasn't had that. These are mostly outside of her pancreas. Uh, but she's been on oral chemotherapy for many years. Unfortunately, she got pregnant earlier this year. That was not a, that was, the doctor recommended no more children while you're on this medicine. And it's just one of those things. So she stopped the medicine quickly. She just had the baby a few weeks ago, little baby boy. Unfortunately, there are there's a, some physical issues or defects that he's been born with, and uh, so she's going to take him to the doctor. But, uh, but I admit, her, her, herself, Aguti, Catherine, uh, she's, she's doing well. She's still healthy. I don't think she can get back on chemotherapy yet because she's breastfeeding, so that's, that's not going to happen. But if you can remember to pray for her and just not just for her health, but encouragement as a mother, you know, when a baby is born and there are issues, you know, it's always, it's always stressful on a, on the mother's heart that, uh, that, uh, you know, she was, you know, she could think, well, I took this medicine and look what I've done to my child though. You know, it wasn't her fault, but, uh, but I'm sure she's struggling. So if you remember her, that she'll be in my, our prayer letter as well. And, um, and, uh, Lord willing, that uh, the child will survive. In Uganda, maybe other African countries, but in Uganda, sometimes people like to name their children after the missionaries. I don't know why they do that. Uh, There's a lot of Alans running around over there. But there are other ones. uh, They're not mine. (laughs) They do that. I think it's just a thing of honor they like to do. And she actually texted me you know, do you mind if we name him Alan? I, you know, I'm not sure. She was a little, she was a little shy, or not ashamed, but she said, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what if I don't know if you want me to name a child with, you know, physical disabilities or issues after me." And I said, "You can name him whatever you want. If you name him after me, that's fine. If you don't, that is fine." I didn't hear for from a while, but then she said, "Oh, here's baby Alan." I said, "Okay, there he is. All right, so it's another one." I said, "13 or something." I don't know why, but someone named my full name, Alan Sutphin. They can barely pronounce my last name, but that's on the birth certificate. But so, if you'd please, please pray for her. All right, all right. One more verse. Um, let's go to Matthew, and then we're going to close up here. Matthew. Matthew 11. Matthew chapter 11. Now, Ugandans, they often believe in salvation by works. I'll tell you, the, the Jews know this, especially ones who have been saved, but they still realize this, trying to keep the commandments. 613, I think there are total Impossible. We can't do it. And scriptures are clear. We can't keep the law. But what did Jesus say in Matthew 11, verse 28, 29? A great encouraging verse. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Key verse here. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now this is mainly talking about salvation. You know, what's, what's easy and light? You know, not keeping the commandments, not having a list of doing things. Uh, all ye that are heavy laden. Yeah, laden with, with cares and worries. Your our sins. Not, you know, not fully understanding that Jesus came to pay, and he did pay for those sins, so we aren't overly or heavily burdened by trying to deal with them ourselves. And uh, and it's the same thing, <clears throat> same thing today. As believers, we have to understand. Remember, look at verse 30. For my yoke, we have to remember we are yoked with Christ. We're yoked together. Uh, verse 29, take my, my yoke upon you and learn of me. It's a great, uh, it's great to know and understand and remember that we're not alone in Uganda. You're not alone here. In the work of the gospel, in the work of seeing people saved, the Lord is always with us whether you're standing at a door, door knocking, and you happen to be by yourself, or we're by ourselves in Uganda. Of course, we're not. We have a great team. We have Matthew and Savannah and four single ladies working with us. But we have to remember, as far as ministering to people, dealing with souls, we are not alone. We have Jesus actually right by our side. Remember, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, And that's a great blessing, no matter what ministry or whatever you're doing, that the Lord is with us in whatever work he has us to do. So uh, that encourages me. I hope it encourages you that the Lord is with us. It's certainly, again, I repeat this a lot, but we have to remember it's not our power or our eloquence that saves souls. It's the gospel and people understanding, and, and the Lord working in hearts, and Lord willing, we'll see much fruit this coming new year. Uh, our theme, um, me and uh, Brother Matthew uh, talked about it, our theme for 24 for the church is contending for the faith. That's going to be our, our our theme, I should say, for 24. 24. And uh, and the faith is worth contending for. Amen. If there's anything that's worth fighting for, battling for, I won't say arguing, but because we are in a battle. You know, Apostle Paul made that clear, also talking to Timothy. So why not battle for the faith? Because there's a lot of people that battle for other things. Political issues, business, money, and those things, they don't last obviously. So we'll battle for the Lord. He's right alongside with us, and, uh, and we praise the Lord for that. So thank you so much for your attention this morning. It is much appreciated. Uh, again, our last week, so you pray for us that all will go well and uh, we can get back, roll up our sleeves, and get back into the work. Thank you.